The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you comfortable discussing money and your personal wealth? If not, where would you start? Is it money and your family, money and charitable contributions, or business and personal wealth? This is Conversations with Money, featuring your hosts, Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our show is about real people talking about money. You will develop a better understanding about your conversations with money and also hopefully develop some new habits to make conversations about money easier. Now, here is Franco and Marissa. Welcome. You're listening to Conversations with Money. I'm your host, Marissa Sebelinski. And I'm Ali Warnica, filling in for Franco Caligiri this afternoon. How appropriate that we have two females discussing today who's better at managing money, women versus men. I know. Well, we won't be biased at all. <laughs> Not biased at all. No, we're really going to try to look at this objectively. Our show is about looking at our beliefs around money, our limiting beliefs around money, our financial situations, and tearing those apart. If you want to get involved in the conversation, you can email us at info at capitalcorefinancial.com or you can call in at 1-866-472-5790. So, Allie. Marissa. (laughs) Money, men versus women. I know. This is a heated debate. And uh, yes, do feel free to call in if you have any insight that you want to share because we are ready to uh, dive in on this. We're ready to explore. Mm-hmm. I think I, the reason that, you know, granted it's funny that two women are doing this and not and not Franco and I, um, so we, we may be a little biased, but at the same time we're going by, you know, our experience over the collective almost 17 years between the two of us of working with men and women on their right. finances. And being women in our yeah. experience. Exactly. With money, I, I like to think that we're coming to the table. I think so. Open. I think, yeah, I think we definitely have loads of different experiences <laughs> that we can relay. So, so curious, Allie, for mm-hmm. you, at what point did you talk to your now husband, Dave, about, about money and finances? You know what? It's funny. I was thinking about this, and it was actually on – Probably date number five, I'd say. Really? Yeah, it was no way. It was pretty soon. And I think we'd already had the chat about, like, do you want kids? Like, at this point in my life, I was cutting right to the chase. There was no, (laughs) like, (laughs) dancing around anything. First date, I'd like to see your financials. (laughs) It, It wasn't that. It wasn't that detailed and that specific. But it was more like, you know, where are you at? What are your goals? Where, you know, what do you think, what are you scared of? What has been your history? Mm. And I remember going right into it. And that was actually something I appreciated because he was really open about it. And I felt really comfortable. So date number five. And were you already seriously considering, like, at what point, how serious were you about him? Very serious. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was it was pretty serious off the bat. So this was just some another piece that, yeah. that I think, though, can really 
go both ways. You know, mm-hmm. it can really be a deciding factor for some people. What, Depends. What would he have had to say that would be like, okay, no. I mean, it wasn't his financial situation. I imagine that you were going Definitely after. Definitely not. It, it was no. The, it was it was more his openness and ability right. to discuss, and he seemed really receptive. Receptive, exactly, and really wanting to share and wanting to get on the same page and wanting to hear about my goals, and that felt really good. That was that was a real um, plus for me. And was he open about numbers? Yeah, wow. totally. I'd say I try on a guy on their fifth date trying to, mm-hmm. I imagine at that point he's still in the, you know, trying to impress you stage. Mm-hmm. And not that he's not anymore. Is he still <laughs> in the, <laughs> once you're married, does. it's he's, over. He still does. <laughs> but I imagine that would be, that would be challenging to, let's say you're part of the majority statistic that 75% are in debt, 80% are in debt, mm-hmm. you know, and a female that you're trying to win over that you, some, they start challenging you about your financial situation. There's a lot of ego stuff wrapped up in that, you know? There was, and, and there was definitely some, te- like, not tension, but there was definitely some nerves I project in the, in that conversation. It wasn't the most com- like comfortable thing ever. <laughs> Let's talk about this on every date. <laughs> but it, no. it opened up like a whole le- level of um, relationship that we hadn't had before that. So that was really great. It just it felt more more close, more real. It wasn't like we were trying to pretend that we were anyone. Yeah, it's. Um it's funny. It also opens up what I, what I love that you said is that the uncomfortable, it opened up the uncomfortable conversation and also brought to light that you need to have those uncomfortable conversations to go forward. And I think that's an important point that you say. It's not so much the financial uh, information that he provided for you in that fifth date conversation, right. but it's more so the way in which he was receptive able and to able discuss. to go there and yeah. willing to get uncomfortable. Right. So I think you and I, that's the big thing that comes out of all of these meetings with the men, women, couples, mm-hmm. whatever dynamic it might be. It's how willing are you to look at this? How willing are you to have that uncomfortable conversation? And uh, who, who do you think brings it up first, men or women? What do you mean who brings it up first? The conversation, the money conversation. In the relationship? In the relationship. Yeah, what's your, what's your experience been? Um, in your relationship. <laughs> Let's I'll turn the about you. <laughs> I wasn't ready to be asked that. I've never actually had a guy ask me. I've never had a guy bring it up. Have you ever had a guy bring it up? Not Is it just us because we're in finance <laughs> that we're like, <laughs> so tell us about your finance. Tell us about your I think we policy. also know. Yeah, yeah. And am I the beneficiary? Yeah, I'm joking. <laughs> kind of. Not really. <laughs> okay. That was really awkward. No, but I think it's also because we know we're privy to the information of the fact that 70% of the arguments that couples have are about money. We right. know that half of divorces are, are stemming from issues around money. So I think that's probably why we do go out and bring up that conversation to open that communication. I don't necessarily think that the majority of couples are doing that. No, sometimes it takes years, I think, to really have that conversation. Years, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm still blown away when I meet couples that the man and the woman want to do their finances and planning separately. Um, I, I don't understand how... I, I want to shake them and be like, you need to communicate, at least be in, each other, be in the room together. It's not that I don't think they need to share their money and do everything together. And they might have different ways of spending their money. 
but they need to know what's going on for each other and, and communicate that. I think that's the biggest and most important part in that. I think so too. And I think there are the people who want to just be like roommates and split the fridge down the middle. Mm -hmm. But how long does that last? And then when you start going down the road, you know, when you're having kids, you're buying a house, then, you know, the, the expenses, it's really hard to divide. That's yours. That's mine. Right. You know what I mean? But you're right. In the end, it's all about the communication. Yeah. And, uh, and I think just opening it up and being willing to go there. So fifth date, huh? Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I know. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, and I think, I think in terms of getting into this conversation, diving into this conversation that you and I have been having for years, this men versus women. And it's funny when we, when we are gathering the information for the show, looking back to all the articles that we've collected over the years of the different perspectives, the different strategies, the different emotional meanings that men and women have around money. Mm -hmm. Uh, it brought a lot to service and it was like, right, we do need to have this conversation because there is a lot out there that we're not talking about. And, and you and I saw when we did that poll, when we took out our camera and we asked people to tell us their first word that comes to mind when they think about money. And men were way more about options and freedom and women were a lot more, I found, security. Security, lifestyle. Lifestyle, yeah. Being able to do the things that they want, mm -hmm. which, you know, would have some freedom and opportunity as well. But it seemed different. There was a different sense of control. And a lot of the approaches that, well, yeah. that we've been looking at have been, I mean, when, when we're talking about this, we're talking about far ends of the spectrum. And I think men and women can fall all different areas in between, but we want to look at the tendencies. Yeah, and I think it's also important to note, I've seen women fall on the male side, and I've seen men fall on the female side. And there are some guys that seek out uh, the security in the same way. I just think that we're designed differently on a very primitive level. And so I think guys or men, there's a different uh, thing, there's a different, you know, primitive piece driving them. To, to earn that money and, and what that means for them. Right. And for women, I think because we have the babies and all of that, there's a certain level and all of that. There's a certain level. All those babies. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. There's a certain level of drive for security. Yeah, yeah definitely. And also a knowing and a deep primal understanding that there's going to be a period of time when you probably won't be able to work. Mm -hmm. For now, for women, modern women, it's a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. Some people have two weeks off and then go back to work. Mm -hmm. But there is still that time of vulnerability where you want to be okay. You you can't necessarily be out in the workforce. So you, speaking of babies, you're almost eight months pregnant. Yeah. How has your meaning or, or attachments or thoughts on money, has it changed since you've gone into this next stage of life? I think in it's made me more responsible, I, I would say, and and more conservative in a lot of ways, and really more measured. Now having a family, there's this extra layer of, okay, this really needs to work out. It's not just me. It's not just about me. It's about taking care of another being. Mm -hmm. So there has been a little level of like, I want to keep keep everything close and make sure I'm not just going to throw it into... So a nesting sort of exactly, I'm not put into a super aggressive portfolio because I want it to be there. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Yeah. yeah, I think that's an important point to note that for sure I'd like to get into. I know we're going to take a break soon, but I think what we where we want to go with this is looking at the different strategies, the different approaches that men and women do take towards money, largely because of our different meanings and attachments and, and thoughts around money that we have as, as women versus men. And then, you know, who does it better and which is the right way, if there is a right way. Yeah, it's a uh, it's an interesting conversation, and I know we've seen you know we've seen the different approaches, and I, I'm excited to get into the male versus female debate. All right, well let's get back. Let's to get that. back. We're After going on to break. a break here, but uh, of course, if you want to join in the conversation, feel free to phone in or email us. And otherwise, we'll see you on the other side. to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call one 866 472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money. Welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Money. I am your host, Marissa Sepulinski. And I'm Ali Warnica, filling in for Franco Caligiuri. So today we have two women representing us here to talk about the men versus women who's better at managing their money. Who is better? <laughs> it's a great question. It's an interesting debate. Yeah. So we're going to start off by following up from before the break. We're talking about the men versus women, different approaches 
And uh, so we wanted to dive right into that. There was a couple of approaches that we've noticed to be uh, consistent mm-hmm. amongst the genders that seem to be gender specific. Although, you know, if somebody were to argue a point, I could I could see men doing the women or women doing the men. But men generally seem to be more analytical, more digital, digital more fact, fact based, precise. They want to see historical returns. Yes. Yeah. Whereas women, we find, are often more feeling-based. So they, first of all, they want to trust you. Yeah. So they want to trust, trust the advisor. Their gut. There's more my gut tells me. Yeah. More Instinct. intuition. Intuition. And more of a sense of, if I trust you, tell me this is going to work out. Great. Okay, I don't have to worry about it. Less, a less of an... I need to research all the different fund companies. I need to do like have you ever seen a girl? Advisors. Have you ever seen a woman do that? I actually don't know if to date I ever have. I think there's maybe one who was actually had more of the yeah, tendency. and I'd like to say I mean, we're both female, so I'm not throwing the female feeling <laughs> no. tendency. I I'm very feeling. Yeah, based. I know, I know. <laughs> you come from a very feeling base, and I I do like the analytical digital though too. But I think I think. In an amazing world, a combo of the two. Exactly. And I think that's why we want to discuss the importance and the really the strengths and the weaknesses of both approaches. Yeah. Because with the feeling and the trusting and the intuition, there is a sense of, okay, let's just go with this. Yeah. And and leave it be, which in the long run, as we know, ends up being a good thing for a lot of investments who are not being overly right. But that's also see to me, it's funny when you say that. My initial yeah. feeling when you say just let it be and like feeling it feels good. My initial thought is: is there are there numbers to back up your feeling, and where is your knowledge at, and are you educated on what you're doing? And it it brings up red flags for me of too much based on feeling, not enough based on information and, right. and actual data. Data. And that's, I think, on the weak side, for sure. And on that side, however, the digital side, yeah. which again, get as much information as possible, where it can go Because we have seen, extreme. I have seen a lot of men, and I'm not throwing men under the bus here, but... <laughs> we're not throwing anyone under mo- No, no, no. More th- if we are, we're throwing all men and women <laughs> under the bus, and we have a problem. <laughs> we're going to work by ourselves forever. No. I have seen a lot of men do the, I'm going to ask my accountant, my lawyer, my best friend, my best friend's father, my my father, my son, my, <laughs> my, my, you know, my business, my business owner, my whatever, the 18 right. different people. All the different journals. And then they get journals. one conflicting response, and it's like, okay, we're back to the beginning. We're back to the beginning and it's like oh my god at some point you do need to trust in the fact that you're working with specialists right. you do need to so exactly. then I so flip flop back to you can have that analysis paralysis uh, and, and never I analysis paralysis I know and never make a move forward right so that's that's an extreme case but that's where there can be but it exists we've seen both we've seen the feeling getting too caught up in feeling right and not making a decision because it never feels good without realizing it actually has nothing to do with that's, the money that's true too and I've had I had a client recently say I feel like I'm out of money well are you or aren't you <laughs> <laughs> what's the this feeling is, was this a female yes yeah yeah I don't know if I've ever had a guy say that. I feel like I'm out of money. I think the guy would be like, am I out of money? <laughs> Give me the number and that's the answer. Did she want the number? 
did she ask for the number or was I feel like I'm out of money, period? No, I think she wanted to talk about it. Talk about it. Interesting. And feel better. Right. About her situation. Where was the feeling like I'm out of money coming from? Was it based on any information? Like, was it based on actual numbers? Was it based on... There must have been some basis in actual numbers, but it's interesting. Even the languaging that we have around it explains a lot about our process and how we do things. And we've talked about this before, Marissa, that whole winging it mentality that just kind of going with it the numbers will balance themselves balance out. itself right. out I'll put it out there to attract more right which sometimes works but a lot of times doesn't but that's interesting because I think that can lead to a lack of confidence a right. lack of really knowing and really understanding yeah which is funny because they're both when you say the analysis paralysis for the guy for the men mm-hmm. and uh I think that in a lot of ways, the basing too much on feelings could do the same thing. Both have both approaches, both strategies, the female feeling-based approach and the male, you know, potential analysis paralysis approach have the potential to both be, you know, as I like to call the fence sitters, the not making a decision, the not moving forward because you're, you're stuck in that stush, they're stuck in the I don't feel good or the stush or you're (laughs) stuck in the I need more information or more validity or more approvals or more uh, analyticals, et cetera. And both have the capacity to stay static, not move forward. Right. But both also have the capacity to make a decision. But it does feel like if I were to make a decision, if I try on the male analytical, get all the information, I were to make a decision based on that. I would feel a lot better whether the investment went well or not well. Like even if it performed badly and I, and I lost my money, I would feel a lot differently about it if I had gathered all that data, that information and data and done that analysis versus had I made my decision based on a feeling and move forward. Mm-hmm. If it were to gone badly, I would be so confused because my whole system is based on feeling and what does that mean about my system? Right, and how would you overcome that? Or how would I understand What it? would you be able to blame that on? Other than my crappy system of feeling. Right. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think if there's a way to look at combining the two, you know, I think there is an element to trust. I've had that feeling before where I just want to, you know, sort of just say to somebody, listen, at some point you just need to trust the professional. Take you just Go yeah, for it. You just need to make the step and you need to make a decision to make a decision, move forward or not. Um, but I think there is a level of trust and recognition in the fact that there are specialists and that's why you hire specialists. But, but I do think that that information is necessary because that's what gives you the confidence that you feel good in the decision that you're making. Right. And there was an interesting article that said women, however, they'll ask for direction. So once they've been given them, uh, they'll take them. Yeah. Which is it? Which has the, a positive side too because they're actually yeah. getting help and then trusting and yeah. being like, okay, I'm going to follow that. Versus the cliche of the man not really asking for directions. What are you talking about? The guy driving and not asking for directions? I've no. never seen that. <laughs> right. Yet at the same time, they're still, you know, 
waiting to find the right numbers, but not necessarily just taking someone's advice and yeah, going for it. That's funny. We talked about that on an earlier episode about the male versus female way of asking for directions if we're lost. And there is an element of that that I think plays into financial, you know, the same way we approach finances. Obviously, you and I, we know we've seen this time and time again, the way that we're doing our patterns with, you know, the way we approach our finances isn't just, you know, isn't just compartmentalized to the way someone approaches their finances. It's likely in other areas of their life. Oh, and so when you see someone driving being like, no, I know the way there and they're going in circles and they're not asking for direction, something tells me that person also isn't going to ask for help when they don't know in regards to their finances. Right. Yeah, you open up a whole other, a whole other uh, you know, topic. topic. Thank you. On uh, asking for help. Mm-hmm. Why do you who, think who, who, who asks for help better? Yeah, yeah. I, I personally, and I'm not saying this because I'm female, obviously, but I do believe from my you know 12 years of working with men and women, women generally seem to ask for help quicker, be more receptive to uh, advice, and also be more uh, just be more open to saying I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at everything. Okay. I do really well at the thing I do well at, but I don't know what uh, a tax-free savings account is, what an, what a retirement fund should look like, what – I don't even know my income bracket. I don't know my gross income or my money going out or coming in every month. I don't know. Right. And they seem okay to actually admit that and say mm-hmm. that. And and usually it's the first thing people say if it's a new meeting and they're not feeling confident is – this is not my area of expertise. Please help me. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is so much more difficult to get to that point? I've I remember two years ago I presented something, maybe three years ago. I don't. You might remember this where I presented to somebody, and it was a man in his fifties and very successful at what he did. Very smart. Very you know, yeah, very well established. But he didn't understand the concept, and he nodded his head the whole time with his eyes glazed over. And I kept trying to ask questions that sounded like are you following without saying, are you following? Just trying to get some recognition. And the whole time he would nod his head and be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, uh, he's with me. And it was three years later where, you know, we were, we had become friends and uh, he didn't go forward with that. And I, I didn't under, I wasn't able, I, I failed at helping him understand and helping him get through that point of being okay to say, I don't understand. And three years later, I remember he had a glass of wine. We were sitting there over dinner and he said to me, I had no clue what you were talking about that I've day. That well. <laughs> no clue. I nodded my head because I was too afraid to tell you this 54 year old man who's, you know, runs a multi-million dollar business was just too afraid to say he really had no clue what I was talking about. Wow. You've had that happen. Too. I've had that happen as well. Where we actually got pretty shut down in the meeting for what we were presenting. And we thought, oh, okay, well, no, never mind. Live yeah. long, keep going. Let's <laughs> prosper. <laughs> we'll see you on the other side. No worries. And then later he came up. He was like, yeah, I didn't really know what you guys were talking about. Wow. So that it's hard too when you think about all the opportunity lost because I mean to some degree we're failing at helping when now when I say that now when I see the eyes glaze over there's mm-hmm. a very specific thing where I've learned how to sort of like mm, stop stop pause, take it back. down a notch go back to where I lost them try to make sure that we're together in the conversation and I'm not just talking to a glazed over face uh, but it's difficult. And, I, you know, if one thing that we can do, even with this conversation that we're having today, is really what I'd like to get from that point of what we're talking about is try to encourage both men and women to be okay. 
looking for help because we're not born knowing this stuff. Right. And unless it's your area of specialty, how are you designed to know this? And we sh- we all think we, we should, should know. know. Right. We right. should know. We should be further along. We should understand right. this. But we get trapped in that should and we never actually become okay with asking for help so that we actually can evolve it and, and evolve it. So I want to keep talking about this, but I think that this is a big thing that's important to look at because until we look at that and until we become – you know, we all play in the level playing field where we say, okay, I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to know I'm a blank slate and I want to learn. No one, no matter any strategy or any approach or any advisor, any expertise, no one is going to get through to you until you are okay to saying, I need to, you know, sit down and say, these are the areas I need help in. And one of them might be finance. All right, we're going on a break. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll catch you on the other side and we'll continue chatting about this. All right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at CapitalCoreFinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money. Hi, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Money. I'm your host, Marissa Zeplinski. And I'm Allie Warnica filling in for Franco Calajari. And we've got two women sitting here talking about the male versus female approach. And we are not biased, I'd like to say that, <laughs> right off the get-go. 
We're, we're looking at the... We're looking at both, both. sides yeah. of the equation. Yeah, and I think yeah. there's... We're throwing everyone under the bus. Everybody's under the bus <laughs> right now, and it's looking great under there. I'm under there, too. Yeah, no, it's... I think it's looking at the advantages and disadvantages of all the approaches, but it seems as though there are distinct approaches and distinct, distinct strategies that women seem to have when approaching finances, and men seem to have, and, and there is a difference there. And, you know, if you're just catching in now, I think one of the biggest things that we are looking at is the recognition that even though there are different strategies and there are different approaches, it's not that as of right now, neither seem to be right or wrong or better than the other. It's more, you know, being you, aware of them, being aware, the awareness. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a relationship, the communication being able to understand where the other person's coming from. Yeah. Or even if you're dealing with a female advisor or a male advisor, you know, different people in your family, different dynamics, seeing that, okay, oh, maybe we're not approaching this in the same way. Mm-hmm. And communicating, um, you know, communicating with them as well, your advisor, what your style is like so they know how to work with you best. But also – finding the balance, you know, and I think as advisors, hopefully all the advisors out there are always encouraging. I would feel really crappy for me to take someone's money and they say I'm trusting and, you know, it feels good to just not educate them. There's a balance. So I think encouraging that balance is important so that we all have a little bit of the male and the female, ultimately. So, so far we've looked at a strategy that, an approach that we see often, which is for women a little bit more of the feeling and for men a little bit more of the analysis on the data and which could potentially lead to analysis paralysis as Ali called it. Uh, so that was one big thing that we looked at. And in conclusion on that side, I'd love to, love to see, and I do like to see when a, and a woman and man come together, sometimes we see, you know, in the, in the meetings where there's a balance of the two. And the women can offer the feeling and the trust and the, you know, maybe not so in data-based decision. Right. And the guy's more of the analytical, data-based, spreadsheet, digital. And they can complement each other in a way in which you, you – Just like you and Franco complement each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. I would say that you true. guys actually sometimes flip uh-huh. those those roles. We, uh, wow. We, uh, <laughs> <laughs> You mean in terms of uh, um, that you you can actually be very precise and and almost male in the way that we're defining right. it. Hmm, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I think I have a combo of both. I think I I think I like using both and calling mm-hmm. on both, but I see that both are important. Definitely. You know, I some I've had situations where numbers make sense, but it doesn't feel good. And you can't fight up against that. There is a gut. There is some reality to the intuition. Right. Definitely. And people won't move forward if they don't feel good. Right. Yeah. And we know we've seen that many times. Um, The other one that we wanted to talk about was the female long and steady approach. These are are words that we've really just (laughs) put together based on the information that we've gathered. So just hang in there with our strategy names, the female long and steady approach versus the male uh, looking to win, winning versus losing approach. Winning at all costs. Ah. And that's something that we see where the women I find that I meet with are more concerned, like I was talking about, you know, with having a family and they want the lifestyle. They want to make sure they're on track. They want to make sure that everything's well provided for, that they'll be okay, that they'll have enough. 
Enough. There's a lot of talk about having enough. Do you know what enough? Do would you ever ask them what is enough? Yes. And they don't often know right it, how it feels. feels. <laughs> yeah. I've had so many of those conversations. I just need enough. What's enough? I don't know. No. Right, and that's up to us just and feels to enough. help them get right. precise about it. Create a number versus looking at the more male typical approach would be more to win, to strive, to not just have enough, but to really enhance their wealth, to right. to shoot the moon, to go for it. Is that why? Do you think that that's what leads to the riskier investments? Potentially. Mm-hmm. There is there's more of an ability to have that aggressive approach. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because, I think there's a few different reasons, but I think that there's a confidence that if they lose it, they can build it again. In some cases, if that's been their experience, but also that there's an understanding of the numbers. So they feel more confident in, in going for it. Right. That's like what I've seen before. Like if I were to make a, a decision based on numbers versus feeling numbers feels better. It actually does feel better right. than just going based on feeling of intuition without the numbers behind it. If I were to just do one. Right. It does. Yeah. It feels easier to make a decision and to move forward. Mm-hmm. And there's like, because the way we just, feel all the time. So what, definitely. I eat too much lunch and then you ask me the decision. <laughs> I'm not going to feel good. It be totally different. <laughs> too much to eat. Right. It has nothing to do with the financial, the investment that you're telling me about or the insurance or whatever the strategy might be. Right. I, I think exactly. It comes <laughs> to, do they feel, do they feel, or are they actually have the data that they're in control? They're right. in the driver's seat. They're the captain. So it's, I, I relate it to driving the car. Have you ever driven with someone who's driving really fast Mm -hmm. and aggressive and you're sitting in the passenger seat and it feels scary. feels like, oh my gosh, this person is, this could be out of control. (laughs) Is that how you feel when you're driving with me? Yes. (laughs) I'm glad you you brought that up. I was like, are you talking about me right now? I'm scared. It's true. Well, you and other people in my life, but Yes. Definitely. But yeah, which is funny. Which because- is funny. Just a second. <laughs> if I'm driving and I'm driving that fast, I could be driving just as fast, but I'm driving. Uh-huh. So I feel okay. Yeah. I know that if something jumped out, I have I feel like I have the confidence that I could shift gears. Uh-huh. Right? Because I'm in the driver's seat versus feeling like you're not in control. Right. Everything feels a bit scary. Yeah. You don't really know how much control that person has. It's funny. I think that's probably why. And it's funny. Chris hates it when I hear Like, he gets so much anxiety around my driving. You should see his face. He's, like, plastered to his seat with his hands on the door. In the passenger seat, just telling me, give him more space. Do this. And he'll, like, cough. Like, it's so awkward. I'm like, I get it. You're uncomfortable. Now I don't really want to drive. But it's funny because I've done that, I think, in every relationship where if I'm in the car with my boyfriend, I just say, you drive. I think it's just because we know – or I, I assume that they will be that way, wanting to control <laughs> wanting it. Wanting to control. But I, it's hard because I'm a control freak too. So <laughs> <laughs> right. maybe I just stopped driving. I didn't know I was scaring you. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. You're like, I'm not driving anymore. <laughs> um, but going back to the long and steady, it's funny you said that about the aggressiveness because I had a woman last week come back with, we were doing an investment questionnaire to get a sense of, I wanted some stuff written down and I showed her some different, you know, the Pro volatility risk profile, risk profile and, and she came back aggressive on in terms of the way that she had answered the questions. And she said that scared her and she got totally freaked out and she needed some time to process it and to think about it and to see how she felt. She 
when looking at the numbers came back and when looking at the graphs, she was able to connect with an aggressive, you know, drive in her, but it felt really uncomfortable for her to recognize that afterwards. Right. Sounds like what she made aggressive mean. mean. Yeah. But I've never, ever told a guy or a man that, you know, oh, we're looking at your investment profile because your your profile came back with this information here is aggressive. And I've never had a guy say, oh, my God, that scares me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's interesting. Yeah. I think that's where there is a sort of status in being that kind of aggressive investor, that those are the typical heroes in the investment world, the ones that go out there yeah. and put their... Yeah, but I, and I also think there's a, a truth to you also don't hear those first words of, oh, my God, that scares me, coming out of a guy's mouth very often in, in the office, in the boardroom. When we're sitting at that table, how often, if you had to count, if you heard 10 times in the past month, oh, my God, that scares me, you know, paraphrased, from somebody when you talk to them about financial planning or challenging them on where they're at or, or looking at a plan, it's, I would say, nine to ten times coming from the female. We're more, it feels like, I'm going mm-hmm. with the feeling now, it feels as though, and from recollection, we're more inclined to say we're afraid or right. scared. Do you think that the men just aren't scared or are they just not saying it? No, they're just not saying it. I think it's just not saying it. Uh, and I think that's problematic. And I think if, if there is anything that we can do to help, um, you know... Provide an environment where they can feel comfortable. Safe. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that would be the biggest thing. I think if there was a way to make everyone – it feels sad to me that it's like how 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 is that – it's so not okay that you feel – I'm obviously making a series of assumptions here, but for all those men that do get stuck in the I should know, I should be able to take care of my wife, be able to take care of the family, I should be further along, I should be the caregiver, the, the provider, provider. – um, and so because of that, I'm going to get stuck in that and never really ask for help or say that I don't know. That feels horrible to me. That feels sad to me. You know, and if anything, if we, I don't want to participate in that and encourage that and enable that. So I think, I think a big part of our role, if we really want to help evolve this is, and as women, if it's a woman listening, even into this conversation, Make it a safe environment for your partner, whether it's your business partner, your friend, your boyfriend, your husband. You know, make a safe environment for them to really say the words, I'm scared too and I don't know. Right. You know? That's a really good point. And and be able to have that uncomfortable conversation and be able to discuss it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think I can relate on the male side of that too. Like I've been the I've been afraid to say I'm afraid. I, I should know, especially in my role when I hit points where I'm scared, you know, or I don't know because it still happens all the time, you know, and I have to say, I don't understand, you know, mm-hmm. I don't understand this. I'm good at some things. That doesn't mean I'm good at everything and I need help. And I, I think, you know, I get so connected with, oh, I know this and I'm a specialist here that I struggle with it too. So I can relate. Um, but I think that's a a big responsibility that we have is making the environment a safe one for us to communicate and for us to talk about it because otherwise... If we stick on that I should know and ego way of thinking and I need to be winning and I need to just be aggressive, like look like then I we know. end up like that couple that we met with recently that was married for 46 years and the man t- lost a bunch of money and didn't tell his wife and went too aggressive and they ended up separating after 46 years of marriage because of money issues. We don't want to be those couples and that's why we're having this conversation. So have the conversation. Have it today. 
Get We're having it. it right now. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to go on to a break, but we will catch you on the other side and we will continue to look at ways that we can uh, evolve this and move forward as men and women together and how we can find the balance between the male and the female to uh, approach our finances as best as possible. See you on the other side. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money. Hi, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Money. And today we are talking about uh, something that comes up a lot, the male versus female approach to money. Who does it better? Right, right. So far, well, no one's really winning. <laughs> if I said one was winning, that would be that no. male approach we just talked about. <laughs> true. Interesting. I had to bite my tongue on that. I wanted to say someone's winning. <laughs> I, still, I still get that, though, I think. That you want to win? Yeah, I think there's still an element of... You're pretty of, competitive. There's a little little <laughs> tiny competitive beast to me, for sure. I mean, I think it's innately in all of us. I think so, too. I think in the end, we just want to do well. Yeah. We want to be successful. Yeah. And that money is such a huge part of our lives that it's such a huge 
measure of how we're doing. Well, I think for a lot of us, we that is our value because money, in a sense, it's it is the value. It's the way we denote value in in society, and so. Yeah, if you look at that being the thing that we're working every day to earn to create the lives that we want, of course, we've got all this meaning and attachment to it. Right. So going back to our conversation, we so far have looked at the fact that men and women have very different approaches, uh, seem to be different strategies, different meanings, uh, different associations with money. Different ways that they most likely grew up as Mm -hmm. well, different... um, Upbringing. Education. Education. Yeah. So how do we move forward? How do we bridge this gap so that, you know, we don't have the male versus female? To some degree, the title's almost, you know, a joke in the sense that it's not how I want to see it. I don't want it to be a male versus female, and I nor do you. It's it's how do we move forward with the male and the female together. Together in a way that's Mm, you know, working together as best as possible, I guess, right. is what I'm trying which to... which I think actually allows for both approaches. Right, which I think is the ultimate solution. And I mean, you know, as cliche as it is, the, there is no answer to who does it better. I think it's, it's, you know, neither is better. Neither is right or wrong. It's how do you not lean too far to one side to only, you Approach know, it see it one way. way. Right. How do you be open to both, but recognize that you have both? Recognize when you're maybe being more, you know, more of one than the other and where you need to balance it out or how to work with your partner in a way that you each complement each other with your, with your approaches so that you can move forward and not sit on that fence. Right. You can have the lifestyle now, but you can also save for the future, but you can also take some calculated risks as well. Calculated risks. That's so funny. I, uh, that's funny. I had somebody say that to me about I have a race on Saturday. And he said, you know, he was giving me advice about like enjoy and be, enjoy the experience and, and, uh, and take some calculated risks. And that was the first. No, he said maybe take a calculated risk or two. That was the exact idea. Because I looked at it like five times. Cause I was like, huh take a calculated risk. It was so not advice I would ever give, like take a calculated risk or two, but it's in some ways it is a ri- advice I always give, but in different contexts. And I, I kept thinking like, what does that mean? And, and I was like, right, take a calculated risk or two, you know, and, and it makes so much sense, but in a strange way, it's not female to female advice, but it's logical. It is logical. And it's calculated. Right. And I, I actually really liked it. I was like, that was the best advice I've heard in a while. And I wrote it down. I like to compile and I advice that I look at before starting. And I was like, that feels good. That makes sense. Take a calculated risk. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's just got a little off there. <laughs> so yeah. solutions. Solutions, yeah. Solutions. And How do we overcome this? Well, I think the first step really is recognizing, like there's an awareness. And we talk about this a lot. The awareness around recognizing the, you know, innate differences that we have, you know, that not that men should try to be more female or female should try to be more male, but just to recognize that we have these differences and to have an awareness on it so that we're not walking around blindfolded to it and thinking that, you know, if I'm working, if I'm in a relationship with a guy, with a man, that we look at it the same way. We don't. Even if I'm in a relationship with a woman, like we don't look at it the same way. We both have different filters, different upbringings, different experiences. 
Yeah. Different views entirely. Right. About the meaning of money and how it works. Right. Yeah. You saw there was one woman last week, week in the room when we asked, what's your meaning of money? And she said, greed. And her face went like red and her teeth. Were, she, I was like, oh, God, I'm scared of you. <laughs> but she, but that's been her experience. She was fueled up on money, meaning greed and representing greed and evil and bad. Like there was a serious uh, association. association link for her, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. So I don't think it's necessarily – yeah, you can put two women beside each other and one it might be security and nesting and all sorts of, you know, loving family building things and one could just be greed and they keep themselves always in that mentality of never making enough because they deep down believe that money is bad. the root of all evil and, and bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we still meet people with that. Definitely. Yeah. So going back to solutions, how do we bridge this gap? How do we, as women, work with men so that we can move forward efficiently and as a team? I think, number one, what you said is creating that, that space. Yeah. And, oh, that's and creating space. the space. Yeah. Creating yeah. the space to be comfortable. If we all could go into any meeting and say, I have no idea what you're talking about right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. My eyes are glazed it. over. <laughs> Talk to me. Go back 10 steps. Right. <laughs> and, and some people yeah. do. Yeah. Actually, you know what? And I, it's interesting. Maybe the older people get, the less they care about the status. But there is that definite um, needing to feel like they have it all together, ne- needing to, to look and appear like they've got it. So I think that would be the biggest thing is, is creating that space. But then also having confidence. Right. And really educating Educate, getting the education, seeking out the education. And if you're too afraid to ask for help, go online, read a book, get there's so much information out there. Mm-hmm. Choose somebody that you trust. Find a specialist, leverage that resource, but find somebody, even if it's a friend or an accountant or an author that you believe in or a business owner, find their information and educate yourself. Right. I, I think that's a very important – because education is what creates that confidence. Exactly. And really know your numbers. Really don't be afraid to look at them and, and don't be afraid to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to say, you know, let's go deeper on this. Let's let, do some research. Right. And I think also the, the other thing is not being too attached to your point of view, not being too attached to your side. If you lean t- too far on one side and you always find yourself needing to ask 10 opinions and get analysis and the whole – the steps before what usually seems to be analysis paralysis, don't be too attached to that and be open to other ways of doing it. I think that's a big thing that we see. It's like, no, I've done this my whole life and it's the way I'm going to do it. Well, is it working? And oftentimes it's not. Right. So be open to both. And be open to, you know, in those relationships that you have with your partner, their approach as well, or at least to talking about it. Mm-hmm. I think really the conclusion, and it's funny, the solution is so obvious that it, it's not necessarily, you know, the answer really to who is better doesn't exist. It's, it is a combo of the two. You know, we just do it differently. And there needs to be a balance. And I think, I think that's why it does work. It can work so well when you form a partnership or a relationship where you're able to really sit down and objectively, you know, have that conversation, have that uncomfortable conversation that you had on the fifth date and amazing because I would not be having, I've been, yeah, I haven't ever had it come up on the fifth date. Yeah. (laughs) Kudos to you. Have that uncomfortable conversation. You know, go home and have it today if it's your 100th date or it's your second date. Maybe not your second date. That feels a little premature, but (laughs) 
yeah, whatever that timeline <laughs> is for you, don't be afraid, I think is really the message on that, you know, and, and thank you, Ellie. I think that's a good point to sum up on is creating the environment to really be open and talk and with your partner and not seem like you need to know, or you know to more than them and just create a safe place and, uh, and be vulnerable yourself. Yeah. Be willing to put yourself out there. Yeah. That's usually what it takes for the other person to step up to the plate. Completely so. agree. And seek out the education, leverage resource, communicate, build that confidence. I think that's really the way to bridge that. So yeah, that was a fun conversation. I can't believe it's over already. So much more to talk about. <laughs> Two women talking about men versus women and yet women aren't the answer or the solution or the better <laughs> ones is what we're saying. I think it's, it is a combo and both really have advantages and disadvantages in terms of the way that they approach and view money. So thanks for the conversation today, Allie. Thank you, Marissa. And thank you, Franco, wherever you are for, for letting us have this yeah, and letting us have this conversation. So <laughs> All right. Well, we'll catch you next week. And for now, we gotta, you we got to end with our tagline, Allie. You know the kind of tagline I that do. Franco ends with every week. And have, have a, a wealthy, wealthy week. week. Thank you for tuning in this week. Please join Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski again for another edition of Conversations with Money next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wealthy week.